You know, when God looked down from heaven, he looked down on a fallen human race. Sinners. Adam and Eve started it all in the Garden of Eden by sinning. And ever since then, it's been in our blood. It's in our nature. You see it when little babies are born. It's, it's everywhere evident in the world today. There's sin. There's corruption. There's evil everywhere. But God looks down in grace and He looks down in mercy and He looks down in compassion and He saw the human race in a terrible place. And so what did He do? Turn His back on it? Say, I hope it gets better. I hope they turn to Me. I hope that they will be doing the right thing? No! He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into this world to die on behalf of sinners like us. So that we could be forgiven and sit here this morning knowing that our names are written in heaven and that we're going to be with Him forever. That's a tremendous thing to know. And that shows how much compassion God has for the human race as, as multitudes of people. But He has compassion for you today. He has compassion for me today. He loves us. There's nobody that could love you more than God loves you today. And nobody could ever love you less. Because God has the greatest love. The Bible says in those familiar portions in John 3:16 and 17, the glorious words that we love so much, sometimes they become so familiar to us that we almost just read right through them. But it says, for God so loved the world. That's us. The whole world. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. When the Lord Jesus came down to earth, He came humbly. He came with compassion and love and mercy for every person. Men and women, boys and girls, Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans, people that were outcasts of society like the tax collectors and the prostitutes and the people that society said, you're the dregs of society, we don't want to associate with you. Jesus associated with them. He loved them. He came to save them. And all of us are sinners. He came to save us. He loved us. And what a joy it is to know how much compassion He has. The title of our message today is an interesting one. The title is, A Passion for Compassion. A Passion for Compassion. You normally don't think of those two words. Passion is a strong desire to do something. And compassion is a loving heart with a strong desire to feel and to do something. But the Lord Jesus combined those two wonderful traits passion and compassion together, and he had a passion for compassion. If you look in your Webster's New World Dictionary like I did, I found that the definition of compassion is very interesting. It says this, sorrow for the sufferings or trouble of others, accompanied by an urge to help, deep sympathy or pity. Wouldn't you say that today we need more compassion? You look around us today, the world is not filled with compassion. There's a lot of need for compassion. 
People are sick. People are injured. People have surgeries. People go through hard times. They lose their jobs. They lose their houses through foreclosure. They go through all these things that happen. There's a need for compassion, but so many people are living in their own little world that as long as it's okay with me and it's okay with my family, it's okay. That's not okay. Jesus didn't feel that way or He would have stayed up in heaven. He knew we needed Him to come down and die for us. He knew that He needed to show compassion to us and to all of us. And He wants us to emulate Him. He wants us to have that same compassion He had for lost people, for dying people, for hurting people, to troubled people. We need to have that same kind of compassion. Wouldn't it be beautiful if you could have some special glasses? Like, see, these are special glasses that Jesus gives you. And you put on these glasses and you can all of a sudden see like Jesus saw. We'd say this would be amazing. Of course, people would market it. They'd put it on the Internet. They'd sell these things for $150, no, $500 per pair. And it would be a wrong thing. But it is amazing that we as Christians who have Jesus in our heart can look out at the world through His eyes. Because we have Him in our lives. We have the Holy Spirit. May God help us to see people as He sees them. Needy people. Hungry people. People in great distress. And this morning we're going to look at three things that relate to the compassion of the Lord Jesus and how He wants us to have this compassion. Number one, compassion is an emotion. Number two, passion, uh, compassion is an effort. It takes effort to show compassion. And number three, Compassion has an effect. It has an effect on people. Unbelievable. More than any sermon, more than any words we could give when you have that kind of compassion. Job was looking for compassion, wasn't he? And he had three friends. They came with him to comfort him and show compassion to him. And they did well for, a, for seven days. They didn't open their mouths. They didn't say anything. And they comforted him that way. But as soon as they opened their mouth, they started blaming Job. Something must be wrong in your life, Job. Something must be wrong because God has struck, struck you. And the whole book goes through there until God has the final word and speaks forth His word and shows Job the reason for it and the sufferings and trials don't go unuseful in our lives. They have a purpose and a use. Well, let's look this morning at, first of all, compassion is an emotion. When the Lord Jesus Christ came, he came down from heaven as God manifested in the flesh. He was perfect God and perfect man. So you say, of course, he's going to have perfect compassion. He's going to have it. And he did. He had compassion for the helpless. He had compassion for the hopeless. He had compassion for the hurting people. And he showed it to them. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36, we see an example of how the Lord Jesus loved people and had such a compassion. It says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, listen to this, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Do you know that if Jesus was to come on the scene today, he wouldn't go to the rich. 
He wouldn't go to the successful and the powerful and all that. He would go down to the nitty gritty people, down to the people on the, as we call them, the blue collar people, the, the average ordinary citizens, the people in need. That's where Jesus goes because that's where the need is. And Jesus knows that everyone needs him and he comes to us today. You know, when people suffered, Jesus suffered. When people were in pain, Jesus was in pain. When people were burdened, Jesus was burdened. He took that burden upon Himself. He could not stand to see someone hurting or in distress. And so He healed them. He helped them. He brought them through this. There were two times in Scripture that records for us in the New Testament and the Gospels that Jesus wept. And those two times are very interesting. One was at the tomb of Lazarus. His dear friend, the the brother of his other two friends, Mary and Martha. He loved this family. He spent time in their home in Bethany. He loved them. And so when Lazarus died, he knew that he could go and heal him before he died, but he waited. And then he went and he heard all the people crying and he saw all the suffering that sin had brought. And it says, Jesus wept. John John 11.35 is the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. When you weep, Jesus weeps. When you suffer, Jesus suffers. And that's how much He loved that family. That's how much He loves us. He knows what you're going through this morning. I may not know. We may not know. You may have unspoken requests that only He knows. But He's right there with you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I have compassion for you. God doesn't set up in heaven to say, come on, tough it out. Be a, be a strong, macho man and, and handle it. No, He doesn't. He knows what it means to hurt. He knows what it means to go through suffering. Jesus went through beatings and agony on the cross. He knows what it's like. And He doesn't minimize our pain and suffering. He loves us and He says, I'm going to take you through it. And then when you get to heaven, you're going to realize how I carried you through it. Like that beautiful poem, we have the footprints in the sand and how the man all through his life had the Lord walking with him and he saw the two footprints of, on the sand. And then one point in the, he saw only one footprint, set of footprints in the sand and he said, Lord, I only see one footprint, set of footprints in the sand. And, and that was the time I was really hurting, Lord. That was when I was really suffering. I was going through the really hard times. And the Lord says, that is when I carried you. And that's what he does when we can't make it ourselves, when we can't walk ourselves. He carries us in love, in arms of compassion and love. You know, I read a story that blew me away yesterday and I started to cry because it's a story of a young nurse working in a hospital. And the very first person she was assigned to take care of was a lady named Eileen. Now, Eileen had a brain aneurysm. And that's where the blood vessels break in the brain. And it caused her to become like a vegetable. They thought almost she was totally unconscious. She couldn't care for herself. She couldn't do anything. She couldn't respond to anything. It was a very, very sad situation. And this young nurse was so compassionate and she loved her job and she was ready to do it. And some of the older nurses that had been there for a while, they said, don't put your heart on this one. You have to detach yourself emotionally from this because this lady, she can't hear you. She can't know you're here. She doesn't, she doesn't respond to anything. You just have to just do your job. And every hour they would come in and they would turn her over in the bed every hour because she couldn't do anything for herself. 
And they would feed her, as it were, through the tube, is how they fed her. And so there she was, day after day. But this young nurse said, I can't be that way. That's not in me to be that way. I can't detach myself emotionally. I can't, I, I'm compassionate. I'm going to do it. So she took a friendship up with this lady. And now imagine taking a friendship up with someone who can't talk to you, can't respond to you. You don't even know if they're hearing you or not. But she would talk to her. And she would sing to her. And she would tell her how much she was her friend and how special she was to her. And then one day, on Thanksgiving Day, the young nurse had to work. And she was originally going to have the day off. So, you know, I don't want to work tomorrow, for example. This lady didn't want to work on Thanksgiving. I mean, you understand, especially if they give it to you off ahead of time, and then they tell you you can't have. So she came in and she was in kind of a bad mood. And she said to her friend Eileen, you know, Eileen, I'm in a bad mood today. I'm in a cruddy mood. Because I was supposed to have this day off, but... I." But I'm here now. And I'm glad I'm here now, Irene, Eileen. Because it's Thanksgiving Day and I wanted to spend it with you. And all of a sudden, the phone rang and she went to answer the phone. The young nurse went to answer the phone and she saw out of the corner of her eye, she looked and she saw Eileen. And Eileen started to cry. She was able to hear her words. She was able to hear her songs. And she felt the love and the compassion of this young nurse. And I thought, Lord, this is the kind of compassion you have for us. Nurses are a wonderful example of compassion. Anybody that's ever been in a hospital, they come in, they care for you, they smile, they, they have compassion. But even with their compassion as great as it is, or the compassion of a mother is tremendous, the Lord's compassion is even more tremendous. The compassion He has for us. He has that deep, loving compassion that results in action. And praise be to God for that kind of compassion that he has. That lady, Eileen, passed away a few days after that. But all the hospital was moved. All of them were affected. And after that young nurse had had done what she did, they all started to talk to her. They all started to show that compassion and that love. May God help us to be compassionate Christians. The world wants to see it. It's one thing to tell them about how to come to Jesus and to show them from the Scriptures we need to do that, to be a testimony. But let's do it with compassion. Let's do it with love. Let's do it with mercy and gentleness. That makes more of an effect than anything else. The Scripture says in Psalm 145 and verses 8 and 9 of God's great compassion, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. I thank God for His mercy to me. I thank God for His mercy to each and every one of us. It's a mercy and it's a compassion. You know, when you come down to it, it is a strong emotion. And nowadays you've heard of the term empathy. Well, there's empathy and there's sympathy. Sympathy means I feel for you. Empathy means I feel with you. And both of those are needed today. To feel for people and have mercy and pity and compassion. And to feel with them. To sit with them. To talk with them. To care with for them. The one thing that's touched my heart more than anything else about Jessica is through all her cancer and all her illness and even recently, she witnesses for the Lord. There she was in the hospital with a high fever. How high was it, Jessica? It was pretty high, right? Very high fever. 
And she was sharing next to that to the lady in the hospital the good news of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we, we look at our own problems and how great they are and we get them focused in our minds instead of focusing it on to other people that are troubled, other people that are hurting. And when we come out of ourselves and have that kind of compassion and love, it does have a tremendous, tremendous effect. Oh, that we could see the way Jesus sees people. Charles Spurgeon once wrote, I suppose that when our Savior looked upon certain sights, those who watched him closely perceived that his internal agitation was very great. His emotions were very deep and then his face betrayed it. His eyes gushed to burst with founts of tears and you saw that his big heart was ready to burst with pity and sorrow upon which his eyes were gazing. He was moved with compassion. So that's the first point this morning. He, compassion is an emotion. But it's not just an emotion. It can't just stop at being emotional or compassionate and feeling with and for people. It has to result in action. And that's the second point. Compassion is an effort. It took an effort for that young nurse to care for that lady Eileen, to do something for someone that couldn't do anything back for her. And she actually said, I thank Eileen for teaching me that lesson. That it's not about what I can get back. It's what I can give out. And may the Lord help us to do it. Tremendous compassion. Matthew 14, 14 shows how Jesus not only felt the compassion, he showed the compassion. It says, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Jesus started early in the morning in prayer with the Father. And after that, all day long, healing people, helping people, raising the dead, curing the leprosy, doing all those things. And you know, when he got to the end of the day and he was physically drained and emotionally drained and tired, he praised God for everything the Father gave him to do. And may the Lord help us, even if we get tired, in serving the Lord and showing his compassion. May we have the, the strength to do it for him. Yes, he didn't just feel for the people. He did something about it. One day, two blind men showed up in Matthew chapter 20 and verses 30 to 34. I'm going to read this from Matthew chapter 20, verses 30 to 34. And Ed's putting it on the screen. Notice the scene. Two blind men coming to Jesus. It says, and behold, two blind men sitting by the road when they heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. Then the multitude warned them that they should be quiet. But they cried out all the more, have mercy on us, O Lord, son of David. So Jesus stood still and called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. What a story. Two men blind. And here they were to be healed by Jesus and they were crying out to him for his mercy. And all the disciples and all the people around said, Shh, be quiet, be quiet. The master's busy. He's doing other more important things right now. Nothing is more important to Jesus than what you're going through right now. What you're praying about right now. What's going on in your life right now. And it's amazing to me that when one person is praying over in, say, Korea, 
and another person here in the United States and one up in Canada and one over in China and all over the world, he's hearing all those prayers at the same time and he's got compassion and he's hearing them and he's answering them. That is how wonderful our God is. The same thing was true of the leper in in Mark chapter 1 and verse 40 and 41. Here was a leper. He was an outcast in society. He couldn't live among the people because of his leprosy. It was a very contagious disease. And so he came to Jesus and it says he knelt down before him and he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then it says, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing be cleansed. And when Jesus touched the leper, touched the leprosy, the leprosy did not touch Jesus. He came in contact with it, but he didn't catch it because he's God. He's God and the Son of God. And he reached out his hand. He touched that leper. Jesus loves us. He has compassion. We praise God. And I really believe that the thing that really stirred people's heart in the New Testament after Jesus died and rose again and the church was born was the compassion and the love of the Christians. And they spread the gospel by their words to their neighbors and their friends. And their neighbors and friends watched them suffer and be persecuted and all the things they went through. And they saw that Jesus made a difference. And praise be to God, whatever we go through, He makes a difference. He's all I need. He's all I've ever asked for, we sang in that song. Praise be to God. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And in every case where Jesus had compassion, he did something about it. And I love that story of the Good Samaritan. We've all heard the name. It's amazing how many terms from the Bible come up in common usage in society. If someone gets stuck on the freeway and someone stops to help, what do they call that person? A Good Samaritan. A Good Samaritan. Well, Jesus told the story because there was one man, when Jesus was speaking to him, he he said, well, who is my neighbor? Because Jesus said, you know, love your neighbor and everything. And he said, who is my neighbor? And so Jesus illustrated the story and he told about a man who was on the way from Jerusalem to Jericho and he was robbed, he was beaten. I mean, it could be on the news like Jim was talking about in the class today because the news has full of bad stories about people that happen. And he was beaten up, he was robbed and he was left half dead on the road. And all of a sudden a priest comes by and the priest is walking by and he looks over Stops, looks, keeps right on walking. He didn't stop. He saw the need, but he didn't stop. I'm too busy. I got to get to Jerusalem. I got to get to Jericho. I got to go here. I got to go there. I got things to do. Next comes a Levite. And the Levites were from the same tribe as the priests. They were from the tribe of Levi. But they were the servants. They were the ones who handled the things in the temple and earlier in the tabernacle. Here comes the Levite. He goes walking by also. He looks over. He stops too. But he keeps right on going. Religious men, knowledgeable men, they they knew this. They knew the scriptures. They knew how compassionate God was, how much love God has for people. But they didn't stop. They didn't help. They didn't allow their compassion to lead to action. And finally, a Samaritan comes along, hated by the Jews, despised by the Jews. They didn't have dealings, Samaritans with Jews. He walks by. He also stops. He looks, but instead of keeping going, he gets down on his hands and knees. He starts bandaging up those wounds. He pours in oil and wine and bandages it up. 
They had different kind of medicines in those days. And then he took him to an inn and he said to the innkeeper, take care of him. And here's two denarii to take care of him. And if, you, if you, I owe you anything more when I stop by this way again, I'll pay you that also. And I thought about that. And I thought about that Samaritan and the compassion he had and, and how he, it led to action. It led him to take out his wallet. Two denarii represented two days' wages. How many of us would take two days' wages and help a total stranger and, and all the things that he did otherwise? He had the compassion. He had the action to get down and do it. And that's the kind of compassion Jesus had and that's the kind of compassion he wants us to have. Someone once said, compassion is a sign of a truly great and generous heart. Compassion is understanding the troubles of others coupled with an urgent desire to help. Man naturally is not compassionate. It is an attribute he must learn by living by his own experiences. It is cultivating an ability to put himself in the other fellow's shoes, remembering that all the facts and circumstances influencing the other fellow cannot be known to him. Sometimes we get proud, don't we? We think, I know what you're going through. I know it. No. We don't understand it. We don't really know what somebody else is going through. Even if you went through something similar, you really don't know it. But what God does, though, is he allows us to go through hurting times, troubled times, difficult times, so we can feel with other people. Because if we never have a sickness, if we never have a pain, an injury, if nothing bad ever happens in our life, how are we going to feel with others? How are we going to be compassionate to others? But when you go through it yourself, even though it's not exactly the same as what somebody went through, you have a voice that can be a blessing to that person. I can't tell you how many people Jessica has blessed and others like her who have used her testimony as a way to share Christ. It's, it's tremendous. So we see this morning that compassion is an emotion and compassion is an effort. It takes effort to be compassionate. And finally, compassion has an effect. It has an effect. There's no doubt in my mind that it had an effect in the Apostle Peter's life. We remember that Peter denied the Lord how many times? Three times. Do you think he felt bad about that? It says he wept. And then later on he felt really bad about it. But when Jesus came to him, he forgave him of that. And he says, go and feed my sheep. Go and tend my lambs. Take care of them, Peter. Take it seriously, Peter. And the rest of his life, that crusty old fisherman who was always talking and always doing things and the first one to do this and the first one to do that became the most tender, compassionate pastor and elder because of what he had went through. And when God deepens us in our walk with Him, we become more compassionate. Sometimes people, when they get older, they say, well, that person's a dirty old man. Or that woman has grown up to be really miserable and really, you know, nobody wants to be around her. That's not what God wants to do. He wants us as we grow in Christ, as we get older, to become more compassionate, more loving, more tender, more generous toward people. Because when we do that, we can have a tremendous effect on people's lives. I read a quote by Dr. Martin DeHaan II. He said, if we had... He said this, if we had the compassion of Jesus, it would change our families, our churches, our neighborhoods for the better. It would allow us to give to others what all of us want for ourselves. 
It would enable us to fulfill the purpose for which we leave our footsteps on this planet. You know what? Compassion has arms. Compassion has legs. Compassion has hands. It has feet. It has eyes. It has ears. And so we have to be in tune with what the Lord wants to do. And and if you see somebody hurting, don't be like the priest. Don't be like the Levite. Don't just see the need and say, I'll pray for you. Sounds spiritual. I'll I'll pray for you, brother. I'll pray for you, sister. No. Pray for them, yes, but get down and help them. Someone said, we should never look down on anyone unless we're reaching down to lift them up. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to have the compassion to lift up people. He wants us to be like He was, to be moved with compassion. And so that Scripture, we can put our names in it, Ed, moved with compassion. Sonia, moved with compassion. Ray, moved with compassion. It's an emotion that moves us to do something about it. And think of how it would change the world, wouldn't it? Change the world if every Christian had that kind of compassion of Christ for people. It would make a tremendous difference in this world. And what we're talking about here is not just feeling the compassion and not even just showing the compassion, but having compassion as a lifestyle every day. So you don't even have to think about it. You kids go to school and I bet there's some kids that bully kids. I'll tell you at your school, Matt, you ever see that? You ever see bullying at school? Sometimes you see it, right? Do you ever see kids that nobody wants to talk to them? They let them sit in their lunchroom all by themselves. You ever see that? You ever see people at work that are, you can tell on their face they're hurting, they're discouraged? Let's not be like the Levite and priest that just walks by, but let's take the time. Let's feel with them and show it. And let's have it as a lifestyle. Let's have a passion for compassion. And when we do that, the Lord will bless us. May the Lord encourage us today to realize that this is not just about the Lord Jesus' compassion, but the compassion He wants us to have as well. The Savior has compassion. And He's reaching out to you today. And if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, He's not going to rest. He's not going to be happy until you do. Because He knows that's the only way for you to be able to go to heaven. The only way to be forgiven. The only way to have eternal life is through His death on the cross. And by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved today. And then you can allow His love and His compassion and His grace to flow through you. May the Lord help us to be like pipes where the love and compassion of Jesus can flow through it. You know, if you have a pipe that's clogged up, what you have to do? Call Roto-Rooter. Right? But we're talking about if you've got a blockage in your pipes to showing the love of Christ and the compassion of people, we've got to clean that out. We've got to say, Lord, forgive me. I've been too hardened. I've been too busy. I've been concentrating on my own problem. Help me to come out of myself. Think of others. Help others. And when we do that, we'll, we'll change the world. People will be saved. Believers will be revolutionized. Jesus talked about loving our enemies, showing compassion to enemies, feeding our enemies. It's amazing. Only Jesus' love and compassion can do that. May the Lord help us to have that passion for compassion. Shall we just pray this morning? Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for your compassion. Lord, with you it was an emotion, a strong, deep emotion, a love for people. And it didn't keep you, stop you there. You showed that compassion in so many ways. Help us to show it too, Lord.
And help us to have a lifestyle of compassion where it can have an effect on people. Just like that young nurse, the effect that she had on that woman was unbelievable. She didn't know even what was going on until this lady responded. But Lord, we just thank you and praise you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for being compassionate and merciful to us. Not giving us what we deserve, which would be an eternity in hell, but giving us what we don't deserve, an eternity in heaven. Forgiving our sins and giving us eternal life. So Lord, bless us now as we go to our homes. Help us to enjoy the rest of this day. Help us to be compassionate, Lord, and to be thankful for your compassion. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.